0: The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways. And TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at NobodyTrashesTennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation.
1: SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, live here at Betty Chevrolet. Lifetime warranty on most and new Pre-owned vehicles. Never pay MSRP for new vehicles at Bayley Chevrolet. Go to their website, com. Let's go back to the Iris Network's hotline. Uh, ben, who? We, nope. Nope. Nobody Nobody there, Ben?
2: Nobody. But I uh, I do have a, a couple of questions for you as it relates to Saturday's game. Okay. And your thoughts on Tennessee doing what it did. Uh, the, the first one... First question I've got for you comes from Jennifer Morris, and she asked it uh, really early in the show. Uh, She was asking about your thoughts on Tennessee not attempting a field goal and going for it on fourth down. Uh, I believe it was a fourth and eight, and Tennessee was down two scores and elected to to go for it instead of kick the field goal. Uh, Jennifer wanted to to know what you thought about that.
1: I I thought I liked it, actually, just because you know, the, game was, the game was getting away from Tennessee. Their, the talent was starting to show up, and the depth was starting to show up for Georgia, and you're not going to win the game kicking field goals. And in games like this, you have to go forward on fourth down. You have to throw out the trick plays. You can't play scared. Scared money don't make money in those situations. So we have seen coaches. I'm sure Jeremy Pruitt would have kicked the field goal there. But you're trying to win the football game, and you're not going to win them kicking field goals. So uh, I thought the decision to go it on fourth down was the right decision. I thought the, the the last fourth down where Hendon was rolling to his left, I didn't necessarily like the play call. And I think hindsight, Josh Hopper probably would say the same thing, uh, but it looked like a, a, a wrinkle. You tried to, you know, you did the unbalanced line, tried to see if you could catch one of their guys making the wrong decision and leaving someone uncovered. Um, but Georgia handled it well. They were ready for it. They had it covered up. And I just would have liked to seen Hendon in that situation not throw the ball away. You're like, give, you know, throw it up. If they intercept it, they intercept it. They get the ball right there. It's fourth down. You know, that play right there, although it wasn't as egregious as the old Miss, Joe Mills run out of bounds, I just thought, that was a situation where our quarterback you gotta I mean throwing out of bounds does nothing for us, just like running out of bounds as time expires does nothing either. uh one was obviously worse than the other. I just said that uh, I'm reiterating that so you know people don't try to put two and two together and say i'm making them seem like they're the same they're not the same, uh but knowing the situation no one catch the ball the ball goes out of bounds at least at least give our guy a chance. Uh, on that fourth down and roll out for, for Hendon, But that's a tough throw to make, rolling to your left, trying to throw across your body. But I've, I would have liked to have seen us throw it up to someone and allow them to have an opportunity to catch it because you just never know.
2: Yeah, um, I completely agree with you there. You, I, I liked Heupel going for it. I, I would not have kicked the field goal either. I, I would have gone for it because you're not going to beat the number one team in the country kicking field goals, and, and I agree mm-hmm. with you on on Hinden throwing it. Just throw it, throw it up. I mean, an interception, the only thing that's going to hurt in that situation is the stat sheet. Yeah. Uh,
1: Chip says, wow, are saying – Chip, did you mean people? Spell check, get you? People are saying that Cody Burns is not being received too well and could possibly leave after the season. Is that possibly true? I don't know if that's true today or not right now at this moment chip pain. So um, I can't really speak on, on it at this moment. I don't have enough information. I, there's been times that I have wanted to see more with our receivers. As of late our receivers have been looking looking good, especially our three guys, our three oldest guys. But I don't want our youngest players to just all leave either like i i want those guys to to, to develop and part of having your secret room is understanding different personalities and some guys some guys are knuckleheads you just got to let them go but some guys need need to be loved on some guys need that 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 attention and um you know Cody is a young coach can he do that? Can he handle that? And I don't know that. So there's there's still questions about Cody. I mean, he's a, he's a super young coach, man. I mean, to be coaching at this level this early, I, you know, when he got finished playing at Auburn, I mean, you just don't see it a lot. You just don't see it a lot. So I don't know. I don't know Chip Payne, to be honest, um, where you heard that from or how much uh, validity um, it has. I don't, I'm not real sure.
2: Swain, uh, can I ask you about the end of the first half sequence? I I was very frustrated there at the end of the first half and I wanna I, I need you to possibly talk me off the ledge. I, I realize that tempo is Tennessee's thing, but their second to last offensive possession of the first half. Pretty much their, their last possession of the first half. They got the ball back after that James Cook touchdown over Solon Page, but they they got sacked on one play and then just went to the locker room, so it wasn't even really a drive. But technically, Tennessee's second-to-last drive uh, of of the half, uh, it was the, the drive in which they were going towards the south end zone, and it was actually when Hooker and Keaton couldn't connect on the deep ball uh, and then Hooker also missed Fant uh, over the uh-huh. middle, and Tennessee had to to punt it away. I, I, they, they started off the drive on first and ten, eight-yard completion to, to Hendon Hooker. Uh, Vermel Keaton, I, I, I believe it was just a, a simple screenplay, and he did a good job of, of getting some yak there for, for eight yards. And then you had second and two, and Jabari Small had a rush of ten uh, because of great blocks from uh, Spragans and, and Fant. But I I would have liked to see Tennessee run more time off the clock, and again I realize that tempo is is always going to be the the primary focus. It, it is regardless of the circumstance. But for me, Swain, that was one of the the few moments this season where I've been frustrated by the tempo because you give the ball back to Georgia with three forty two left in the game, and they had to go 90 yards after a 49-yard punt from Paxton Brooks, and they were able to do so and get a touchdown because after the completion to Rebel Keaton, you left 20 to 30 seconds left on the play clock. You left 20 to 30 seconds left on the play clock after the Jabari Small rush for 10 yards. After Hooker and Keaton had the incompletion on the deep ball, they ran it on second down. Hooker rushed for two yards, and you come back, and you leave 20 to 30 seconds on the play clock. And Mm -hmm. if you don't do that after those particular plays, Georgia does not score a touchdown. Maybe they get into field goal range, but that really – Allow Georgia to score that, that touchdown right before the half and go up 24-10 And if 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 you don't go tempo on that final possession then and you and you run off some clock then, then Georgia probably doesn't score there and you go into to the half with a and you're just down by a touchdown.
1: Oh man, man, this is good. This is this is this is a good point you bring up. It's a really good point. Really good point you bring up, Ben. Really good point.
2: Really good point, Ben. Ben, why you had had to do that to me? (laughs) (laughs) Because it it frustrated me in real time. I'm sitting there watching the play clock with, with 30 seconds left. You're trying to avoid disaster like Florida ran into against Georgia right before the half. Florida was in that game with Georgia midway through the second quarter and, and just completely drowned there to, to end the first half with a couple of turnovers. Hooker had already thrown an interception in the quarter, which, mm-hmm. which is when the, the game really turned on its head because Tennessee had actually played well up until that Hendon-Hooker interception. And it just, it just really bothered me. In real time, and again, I realize tempo is the thing, but it—it it, it was the difference, in my opinion, in, in Georgia being up by two scores at the half.
1: Well, Let's talk about it. Let's talk through it, because I think the easiest thing to say, you shouldn't have done that. You should have just held on to the ball, and ran ran more clock out because you got the ball. Uh, it was four minutes and fifty-five seconds on the play on the game clock. Excuse me. Um. And it was 17 to 10. The reason why it was 17 to 10 and you were able to score on Georgia open the drive and you were able to, to move the football on Georgia in the first half is because of the tempo. Let's ask ourselves, do we think that Tennessee would put up 10 points if we had a traditional offense? Against that
2: defense,
1: no. I don't either. I don't either. You know, Cooper Mays was on the locker room last night, and yeah, big boy Jordan Davis wasn't wasn't out there, um, and you know, Cooper was like, man, I, I honestly I would have rather go up against him because the tempo was affecting him. Big boy was breathing hard. He's breathing hard. So the tempo allowed Tennessee to have success offensively. And so if you don't do the tempo in that moment, you're essentially saying with four minutes, basically five minutes to go, that we're trying to just run the clock out. And if that's the case, you just go three straight runs, and they call timeout, and you keep the ball to them, And they'll get the ball back anyways. So, this is the downside of of tempo when you don't score. Is that you don't have enough time out there on the football field to bleed the clock and give your defense enough time to to rest. Now, defense, right before that possession Ben, we did a great job. We did a great job. Now, when Georgia went up 17-10, to 10, they had a five-play drive for 40 yards, and defense was only on the field for a minute and a half. And then Tennessee's offense goes back out there, and then we have a three and out. We had the ball for 44 seconds, and that could have been the backbreaker. But our defense then forced a three and out of our own. The difference is Georgia had it for a minute and 30 on their three and out. We had it for... 44 seconds on our three-and-out. Why? Because we tempo and they don't as much. That's part of it. The tempo makes it tough for us. But I turn my attention to the defense, and I say you can't allow a team to draw the ball 90 yards against
2: you Yep, and, those, and go score. Those first couple of plays – of that Georgia drive in which it drove 90 yards were the difference. Because I, I guarantee you Georgia and Kirby Smart, who, who does have he, – he's one of the few coaches who still has some old-school vibes to him in, in the sense of how he approaches coaching the game. Like, I, I think Kirby would have been content going into the half with that one touchdown lead, knowing that he gets the ball – to start the second half. So I, I think that he was going to be conserv- conservative there for the most part. But then the defense allows back-to-back rushes up the middle of nine yards and then eight yards. And then all of a sudden yep. they're cooking, and then they find uh, Don I. Mitchell, who Jeremy Pruitt didn't think was good enough to play at Tennessee from Cane Ridge High School there in Antioch, Tennessee, uh, coming out last year. Pruitt's staff cooled on him, and now he's cutting up Tennessee, carving up Tennessee to end the half.
1: Yep, hit, hit, him, hit him for twenty-two yards, and yeah, like before the half, you run the football and kind of see what you can get. Mm-hmm. And if they stop you, then that tells you, all right, let's be conservative and let's let's go in at halftime up because we're backed up. Let's no 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 reason to you know have a turnover here and give up some points, but and you just mentioned it like like two plays and it was Georgia was at the 30 yard line. Mhm. So like, "Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's 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 see what's up."
2: And Georgia faced two third downs on, on that drive. Hit Mitchell for 11 yards over the middle. Is that across the middle? Yes. Uh it was the contested mm-hmm. one over the middle. And then on the second third down of the drive, third and 5. Third and 5. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. Hit Mitchell for nine. That was the one where he like made the diving catch, and Kamal Haddon kind of. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what Kamal Haddon was doing. Kind of looked no, like he I, stopped at the at the end there.
1: Well, per, like like pregame on the Big Orange Countdown, I talked about how when you have situations like this, it's third down to five. Not playing so far back to where they could just catch it right in front of you and pick up a first down. And that's exactly what happened. Like that was an easy third down conversion. I don't think that was tough about it was that he had to, you know, make the dive. But the throw it was, was bad. zero resistance. Hmm?
2: The throw was bad.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know. Mitchell's a young receiver. I don't know if he went to the right depth or not. So I don't I don't know what they what they tell their guys to do on their stop route. So the throw could be good, but the route was bad and made the throw bad. So I don't I don't know. But anyways, like the 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 receiver had to dive. Whether it was his fault or or the quarterback's fault, I don't know. But there was zero resistance from the DB because he was so far off. So far off. DB wasn't even in the picture at all. A third down and five. I mean, so it it was like a layup. But you're right. I mean, three, two, excuse me, two third downs where Tennessee had a chance to get off the football field and was unable to do that. So, I don't look at the tempo and go, man. The tempo right before the half, man, got some trouble. I look at the defense going, yo, you can't allow a team to draw the ball ninety yards on you.
2: No. Yeah, I I, I get that. Like it kind of, it's the the same conversation uh, about the the short yardage situations on third and fourth down that we were having earlier. On on, on one hand, you get frustrated with, yeah. with the, the coaching decisions. And I'm not overly frustrated, I'm more so just conversating than complaining. Um, but then you also recognize that, well, that the players can go out there and make some plays, then, then it's not even a thought or, or it doesn't even matter at the end of the day. Like even on that drive, I was frustrated by them not running more, more time off the clock. Um, if Javante Payton doesn't get hurt, and he's in on that deep ball that ramel Keaton missed then that's a touchdown or or even if if ramel Keaton simply doesn't run 30 yards looking back for the ball which causes him to slow down he makes that catch and, and possibly scores there or at least Tennessee is is close to the red zone did and you, maybe you, can punch it in Did you go there. back
1: and count? Did you go back and count how many how many yards ramel Keaton was was looking? I didn't do it this week.
2: Not I yet. I didn't I didn't Pause it and stop it. Uh, I, I went back in to see if he was looking back for the ball, and he was. I, I didn't. No, he was looking way too soon. Yeah, it was like it was about twenty-five, thirty yards, probably. I'm safe, yeah, we saw that in real time. That. Yeah, I saw that watching the replay. I just didn't stop it and, and count exactly how many. Yeah, this
1: this was the family. I just was like, uh, let's just trash it. <laughs>
2: yeah, let's let, let's let's flush it. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's. I didn't. I didn't go back and watch it yet, man. I don't really think I
2: want to. You're not. Yeah, everything you needed to to see, <laughs> you you saw live. Another question that everybody's asking you about Swain is what you thought of uh, old Joe Milton there at the end. Um, he, he threw the
1: ball well. I mean, you see, man, you see why he was he was starting the season. I mean, goodness gracious, the ball gets there quick, fast, in a hurry. Uh, the flick of the wrist to Cedric Tillman. I mean, it looked like he was barely throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was good to see him go out there, and he looked better. He looked better. So
2: He did. I don't know, I, what, I, I don't know what to do with me. it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, Henry Hook is your starter.
2: Right. No, no, no. I'm not not in terms of, like, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, like, I don't know what to do with it in terms of evaluating Joe Milton, like I don't, I don't know how much stock to to put into it because he look he looked like a different quarterback. I mean, he had command of the offense. He he, it looked like he was throwing with anticipation and, and touch, and and which allowed him to truly show off the the flick of the wrist and the arm strength that that you mentioned. He looked like a legitimately improved quarterback. He he did so. I, when I say I, I don't know what to, to do with it, I mean in regards of like how much stock to put into it.
1: That's it. I mean. I- that's that, that's all you you say you, you put that into it you say hey man he's gotten better and that's that's it now Georgia they was playing until the end mm-hmm. and you know for Kirby Smart you know he's lucky that that has not cost him any major injuries this year but he didn't and he didn't put in backups like that he was trying to preserve uh, you know the the point total that Tennessee was at uh, which was you know which was at at what, 10, 17? Yeah, he
2: didn't want to uh, give up that second offensive touchdown. Tennessee became the uh, the first team with that Tillman touchdown from Melton to, to score yeah. two offensive touchdowns. He was trying to make sure that that did not happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, so listen, I, I understand both sides of it. <clears throat> On one side, you say, hey man, you don't want to get your guys hurt in garbage time. But the other side of it is you want your guys to have pride in what They do all the time, and it means something to not let teams score. Garbage time, prime time, it doesn't matter. So I understand both sides of that argument. Uh, But I thought Joe Milton looked a whole lot better than he did at any point this season.
2: Yep, I agree.
1: And that's all I – I mean, I can't project what's going to happen with him in the off season, I mean, I just you would just kind of leave it leave it there. That's really all you can do with it. I agree. Um, Big Orange One Two Three says the game was over. He had no pressure on him. Man, Georgia still was playing. That defense was still playing. Um, Matthew says just just now tuning in. Can we all agree that Kenny Chandler is that
2: guy? Yes. That reverse layup that he had. I mean, my my jaw literally dropped from my seat on media row. I was just stunned. The The English that he was able to put on that and that that was just that was just silliness is all that was.
1: Body The body control I mean he never looks out of control. He never looks flustered. What's more impressive with, with Kenny Chandler at this point is that he has taken 11 threes and only missed one. <laughs> Yo, his stroke is so beautiful. His stroke is so beautiful, man. That boy can shoot the basketball. That's what's impressive to me. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Oh, I'm taking. I'm ready to take a break, man. You are.
2: I'm. I'm ready when you are. Yeah, if, yeah. If the music we'll, would we'll like throw. To, to play this morning.
1: Yeah, man. I do. Tell me about it. Technology has been on one today, man. It's been on one today, but that's that's all right. We're powering through. But yeah, I'm, we can take a break. Intensity um, basketball got a, a uh, win on Saturday. Every win is a big time win. Um, a lot of guys trying to get some playing time. Not enough minutes. Not enough minutes. And as the season goes along, we know those minutes probably will tighten up as the competition gets better and better, and you start to hit trans. Uh, you start to hit uh, conference play. Excuse me. But, man, Kenny Chandler.
2: Got a big one this weekend. Villanova. Huge,
1: huge, huge. 865 255 Hour 3 continues after this.
3: Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and lowtcenter.com Do you know your
1: numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you.
0: The search is over. Good morning, Swain Event Crew. Ball is here, and according to the big box stores, it's Christmas
1: time too. This time of year is traditionally a busy one for the East Tennessee real estate market, and it will
0: continue through the end of 2021 as well.
1: Most people think the holidays aren't the right time to buy and sell. However, it is one of the best times to jump in the market. To find out more, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, at 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at NobodyTrashesTennessee.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain
0: More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses.
3: Our three of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help.
1: Live here at Beta Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Over 150 vehicles in stock. Lifetime warranty on Most of those new and pre-owned vehicles never pay MSRP for new vehicles. Beatty Chevrolet will trade for anything, and they will even buy your vehicle if you don't trade. That is Chevrolet.com. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here this morning on a beautiful Monday. The official UT license plate is available at Tennessee County Clerk locations and supports student scholarships. So, Go to their website at alumni.utk.edu forward slash license plate. $15 of your $35 annual specialty plate fee will go to support UT students and their scholarships. All right, Ben, man, basketball. Coach Desmond Oliver had some really good things to say about this Tennessee basketball team so far. Man, he was on uh this staff last year, you know a lot of these players that that are returning uh there's some there's some new faces as well, some freshmen some transfers, but uh, he has some very, very, very strong words, man, strong words will get you really excited and he thinks that this basketball team is better than the team that went number one just a few
2: years ago. He did. He said that he thought that this basketball team was better than that Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield team that won 31 games. And I I was surprised that, that he said that, quite frankly. I, I think there's still a lot of question marks about this basketball team. I think Olivier Camois ha, has looked really good the last game and a half. And we'll see how it translates. It, it's a big question mark. You got Villanova coming up this this Saturday, at at one p.m. should be a fun day of of Tennessee athletics. You get Tennessee Villanova at at one o'clock. They're playing up in Connecticut, I believe it is Connecticut or New York. One of those Hall of Fame tip-off things that they do. Uh, but Villanova Tennessee one o'clock, and then then watch some football on Saturday night. Tennessee will beat down South care or uh, South Alabama rather. Uh, so th- that'll be a fun day of Tennessee athletics. But how does How does Olivier Camois' improvements transition against teams like that? Like that, to me, is a big question mark. Does – and this doesn't necessarily have to do with anything long-term, but does John Fulkerson need more reps, per se, coming back from from multiple injuries? I mean, he had – the, the elbow to the face in the SEC tournament. That was the last time that he played basketball before yesterday was in the SEC tournament. Uh, but he had that, that face, those face injuries. He had, uh, I believe it was a, a back issue, or maybe it was a shoulder, can't remember, over the summer. And then he also dealt with the broken thumb. That cost him the exhibition and the opener. So yeah. uh, he's been dealing with a lot. Does he need more time or or is he ready to go as a veteran? How does Kennedy Chandler, how does that translate to teams like Villanova, Uh, Santiago, Josiah, Victor, all those guys look improved like Olivier, but how does it translate against Villanova? I was surprised that he said that, Swain, because there's still a lot of question marks with this team.
1: Big time questions, man. Big time questions. And as I look at the, the schedule of the 2018 um, you know, team, you got to think about the big win early in the season. Like that big win against uh, Gonzaga is what gave this team so much confidence. And that was Tennessee's welcome party. Like, hey, we, we, we are here. We are in the building, uh, and that was an early, early um, test that Tennessee was able to pass. Can Tennessee do that this weekend? And Villanova is no, you know, they're they they're not Gonzaga, you know, a top you know top two three team right now. But Gonzaga is a dang good basketball program. Jay Wright does a great job, and they're always competing at a high level. So that'll be the first test, I think. When you look at the the pieces of this basketball team, uh, they match up. I mean, they match up. You got outside shooting. Uh, we had outside shooting. I think this team can shoot it a little bit better. I think Grant's team had more of a a, a guy that you can just get a bucket from, throw it down in the post, and just let him work and go get it, you know, go get a bucket. I don't know if we have that guy on the block, even even with Fulkerson in the sixth six year. I don't, I don't know if 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 he is that guy um, right now. Uh, I thought he made some really good passes. Um, you know, in double-team situations on Saturday against ETSU. But this roster, man, they're deep. They're deep. And, I mean, he can put a brand-new five out there and and get production. Now, defensively, guys like uh, Justin Powell, you know, you saw him not play as many minutes as, as, as you know, maybe he wanted to play. Um, I think it's because of defense. A thousand percent. I like Justin Powell a lot and it seemed like he was always getting subbed and, and being talked to on the sideline by assistant coach and then being put back in there. Uh, so defensively he needs to you know get into his own and, and, you know, feel confident about where he needs to be and make those plays because man, this team is dangerous with uh, Viscovi and, and Powell and Victor Bailey and Chandler on the outside shooting and giving guys like um, Olivier and, um folky that room on the inside to work if we're making shots and those guys are playing playing well in the post Tennessee's gonna be a very very hard team to beat I just think it's too early to you know say this team is better but listen we're not coaches we're not Desmond Oliver that's Oliver has, has done this a very very long time he's a head coach now he's one of the most respected assistant coaches uh back when he was one so Listen, I'm not disagreeing with him. I'm not, you know, saying I don't respect his opinion. I just don't see it yet. Not yet.
2: No, I, I, I don't either. And I, I wonder how much emotions went into those comments uh, because he, he was pretty, in my opinion, caught up in the moment of returning to Knoxville and and seeing his old guys and co-workers and guys he recruited and, and things of that nature. It, it was a pretty emotional afternoon. For Desmond Oliver, and it felt like there was some emotion and trying to be super nice to Rick in those comments.
1: I don't think he was exaggerating at all when he said that Kenneth Chandler uh, has the makings of a young young Kyrie Irving and the best point guard in the nation. Like, I don't think he was uh, just being nice. I mean...
2: No, I, I think dude, he was being nice with the thirty-one wins comment, but I was I was going to the Kyrie Irving comment next. That that yeah. is a a heck of a compliment that that he yeah. said that Kennedy reminds him of a, a young Kyrie Irving, and yeah, it, that and, and that's not crazy to say.
1: No, it's not crazy to say. And and people, some people can't take statements like this. Their their brain just goes into a different level. They can't take it because they like to compare the player now to the player now. (laughs) Like, he's not talking about Kennedy now versus Kyrie now. He's talking about young Kyrie when Kyrie was a freshman at Duke. Kennedy is a freshman at Tennessee, and Kyrie is a freshman at Duke, where, like, Kyrie controlled the game. I remember when Kyrie was at Duke. He controlled the game. He was the best player on the court. That's Kennedy Chandler in the first – Two games we 'll see that continues as Tennessee uh, hits some of these you know, good teams in non conference play and then in conference play because the S e c we know it 's a better league uh, than ever right now, so I think in most cases kennedy's going to be the best player in the court because he is he is a one and done type of player yeah John Morant said it on Twitter pro
2: yes pro because he he is a one year player, so enjoy him while you can because he, he is a a one and done. A, a one is? and done. He he is tremendous. He's so much fun to watch. I, I'm excited to see what he looks like against Villanova. What concerns me about this basketball team, Swain, is the on ball defense and and that getting them into trouble. And and does Tennessee have somebody in the post that can guard legitimate post players. Those are my two concerns with this basketball team.
1: Yeah, you know, you just hope that, you know, Kamwa can. Uh, physically, he can hold up. You don't know about, about Folk. He still has the the, the uh, frail stature, lanky, lanky stature. So, you, you know, you wonder if you play against a you know bigger post guy that has a little bit more girth down there, not getting pushed around.
2: Which they will. Oscar yeah. Toshibwe. I can't believe I actually pronounced that correctly. Oscar Toshibwe, the transfer from West Virginia that is now at Kentucky, that's a big mm-hmm. old boy.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, there's, there, there's concerns, and you'll have your weaknesses, and part of playing the game is not letting the opponent exploit your weakness and protecting your weakness. And so Tennessee's going to have some. Listen, Tennessee's team that won 31, 31 games had some. Uh, and remember, there were some – some lulls during the game where we couldn't shoot the ball well. You know, Jordan Bowen was struggling, and and Jordan Bone was struggling, and uh, Lamonte was struggling, you know, uh, Admiral was struggling. Now, this team has more shooters, but that team was better on defense, I think, at this point of the season, too. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I know one thing, man, they're fun to watch. Our football team is fun to watch. Our athletic program across the board is doing well. It's just a really good time to be a Tennessee volunteer. So, um, I love it. I love it. I love it. Tennessee, Villanova, let's get it. Let's go. Can't wait to see this team on a big-time big time stage. You ready to pick the game today? No. Who wins that game? You not ready? You going to no. wait?
2: Yeah. I'll, I'll say something at the end of the week.
1: Villanova is fourth in the country right now. Tennessee is 18th. 1 p.m. game on Saturday, so you get a chance to watch that game and then watch Tennessee play at 7:30 p. against South Alabama. Why South Alabama 7:30 game p.m.? I don't know. Why do we play Georgia on Thanksgiving? But uh, homecoming, I don't know either. But at least we get a chance to watch both teams play in the same day. That sounds good to me. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. See what is on the text box. Chad Ray says I enjoy winning and watching good players, but I don't want to be a team of one and done players. It's much more fun, I think, watching players develop and grow. That said, I'll celebrate championships either way. I just don't think you have a choice, Chad Ray. You don't have a choice. You can't tell good players. No, nah, we can't. We, we we can't recruit you unless you're gonna be here more than one year. <laughs> like, you don't have a choice. You you're one of the you're one of the the premier programs in the league. Excuse me, in the country right now. And they showed a graphic of Tennessee's recruiting finish last year. Right there, fourth, Kentucky and Duke and Michigan, Gonzaga, uh, all teams that recruit at a high level. But Tennessee's right there at four. I mean, how can you avoid not getting one-and-done players? Because you want good players. You want to recruit good players. So you got to embrace it. Now, Baylor won a championship, and they didn't have any one-and-done players. Uh, Gonzaga had a one-and-done player last year, and they competed for the national championship. So you got to have a nice mix, and it's important that the one-and-done player brings the right mindset, that he fits with your culture. That's important. That's important. I think Kennedy has that. I don't know if our last one and done had that. If I'm being honest with that statement. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Let's get to the phones. Let's get to uh, triple O. Triple O. Good morning.
3: Good morning, brother.
1: Good morning, man.
3: Uh, I'm gonna first say that uh Kennedy Chandler, uh, Chandler might be the best best freshman we had since Tobias Hurst. Would I be wrong if I said that?
1: I ain't gonna disagree with you.
3: I mean, a freshman who could actually take over and dominate a game. I mean,
1: uh, I, I don't disagree with you on that. Ben, ben said this you know during the summer he thought Kennedy would be, you know, one and done and better than the you know the the, the, the previous one downs we had. Desmond I want to kind of wait and see.
2: Desmond Oliver said that he's the best point guard that he's seen in this building.
3: I mean, That's high praise. I mean, and, dude, and that includes Jordan Bone.
2: Yes, and he 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 mentioned Jordan Bone word for word.
1: Yeah, Jordan Jordan started off like Kenny Chandler though. Jordan was was was, was great his last year. Kenny is already on that level. So off the jump great. It just it's yeah. just I mean, it, it, listen, it just is what it is. You you come across special players like that. Eric Barr was like that. Um Kennedy's like that. We, we you don't see them very often, but when you do see them, you you know it's the case. And here it is: Ken Chandler is special. He is special. So enjoy him while you have him for a couple 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 weeks. And let's hope we can go win a championship while we do have him.
3: That's the only thing I think that Rick Barnes is missing off that Hall of Fame career is that nas- is that national championship. That's it.
2: All right, Triple O, have a good day. Thanks for calling in.
3: <laughs> Triple O, I know that ain't all you got today. Man, I'm just I, – I mean, I, I'm to the point where I'm just disgusted at football. I'm just disgusted. This weekend – this whole weekend has been a throwaway of football. I mean, I, it's just gutted me. I mean, I have no feels left for football this week. Um, I don't know how to feel to know that you have a chance to win and you basically tied because your kicker couldn't make two kicks. One thing you got is one effing job. Kick a football. All he has to do is kick a football. You mean to tell me that you can't even make a 48-yarder and it didn't even make, get to the goalpost? I'm like, are you serious? You're playing professional football and you can't kick. Man.
1: Triple O, there's a lot of things about that game on Saturday between the Steelers and the Lions. Well, I question, like, like these these guys are professional football players. Like, what? Well, Jared, Jared Goff barely had a hundred yards passing, and he threw the ball twenty five times. I mean, Pittsburgh tight end fumbling with both hands on the ball, right, right before the clock. expired overtime. I'm sitting here going. Uh, what what are these guys doing? It was the worst football game that I have watched in a very, very long time. And a tie. Like, you can just tell, like, both teams were just, just so deflated and disgusted. Because they did all that work, and no one won the game.
3: I mean, the third part was that I was talking to Ben about is the run game that I had heard that was coming so bad. It was done It get, Yeah, the one time my run game shows up, over 200 yards, only the second time in the last decade that somebody from the NFC has had 200 yards against Ben Stiller. And my quarterback was at one point in the fourth quarter, eight for 14 for 40 yards. And I'm just like, I'm golfed out. I mean, I don't know if you saw my tweet. I said, I'm so gone like Monica, I'm golfed out. I'm just golfed out. I mean, I have never been checked out of a quarterback so quickly in my life since Andre Ware. That's how old I am. He's a he's a he's a white Andre me. I mean, I'm just done. I'm just I want him gone. I mean, cut cut him in the offseason. Cut his ass. I'll take a thirty million dollar cap hit. I want his ass gone. He should never start for another team ever. He shouldn't even be a backup man. He should be coaching high school football. That's where he needs to be. He You, sucks. Know, what's,
1: you know what's crazy too? Um, Triple O, what's also crazy is that Mason Rudolph has been the backup with the Steelers all this time. Mason Rudolph is terrible.
3: They're both ter- terrible. They're both terrible. It's like piss poor terrible. I don't even know if you get worse than piss poor terrible. That, that was the worst piss poor terrible quarterback game I've ever seen in my life. And, and trust me, I had Dan Oloski run out of the end zone for safety. It was worse than that. It hold was on, hold worse on. than that. Hold on, Triple O. Hold, hold, on,
1: hold on, Triple O. Somebody, we're talking about. The Steelers and the and the Lions. I'm not Steelers fan. I'm not Lions fan. Why is Ben able to sit here and be quiet and get real and get, and get real and mute going.
2: over here? I, I was saving my thoughts for when Triple O got off. Let, me, let me be quiet. Going. Y'all talk. It's y'all sorry teams. Triple O and I already talked when I answered the phone. Y'all well, sorry. Uh, you teams. know what? You know what? Though what team, team is, is sorry. That wasn't think? even the Pittsburgh Steelers out there. Half the rosters hurt. Still you sorry. know
3: what? But we can both say think. something. He can't. I mean, we're both still undefeated in, in November. I mean, <laughs> he can't say that, though, Ben. I, mean, I can't say about that.
2: it. And hey, your we, team we, can't we, even beat the team that can't beat the Lions. You're right. My team's sorry too. My team. All our teams are. My <laughs> team. No, my team is hurt.
1: Okay. See, my I'm not. Team. I'm
2: not even. I'm truly not even upset about the tie. I think the tie is the stupidest thing on the planet. I've been on that rant for several years now. It's it's absurd that you can tie in a professional sport. It's stupid in soccer. It's stupid in football. It should be abolished. And when I become president, that's the first thing that I'm doing. I'm I'm making a law that sports are not allowed to tie. You play to win the game. There has to be a winner. There has to be a loser.
3: Even in soccer and hockey, you got a you got a a, a playoff system that actually ends the game with a winner and a loser. I mean, this is this is terrible, man. I mean, I thought the NCAA overtime rules was bad. NFL said, "Hold my beer. Here's some liquor. Here's some here's some straight up here's here you some straight up liquor. Here you some Jaeger. I mean, it's the worst. Play, I mean, it's the worst overtime system in all the professional sports. It's wet. It's, it's wet.
2: But I'm not even upset about tying in terms of like tying the the Lions because half the teams hurt. I mean. Why, why should I'm, – I'm more upset about my, my bad luck. I just have bad luck, Swain. That's what it is. Of course, my quarterback has to get COVID going into playing the stupid Lions and bring up the worst quarterback to ever play professional football and allow him to play in this game, Mason Rudolph. He's a, he's a, a bum of all bums. He makes Bummy McBumface not look like a bum. Mason Rudolph is just flat garbage Triple O talks about swamp donkeys. Mason Rudolph is a swamp donkey. He's a terrible, pathetic, pitiful swamp donkey. I mean, he he, he looks like there. he's never even thrown a football in his life. I don't understand how he throws 4,000 yards, and then he gets to Pittsburgh, and, and he's, like, trying to shot put a throw. I mean, he can't even throw a slant. How, how is this possible? So, of course, it's my luck that Big Ben's got to get COVID this week of all weeks. T. Is Dobbs
1: still on IR?
2: Huh?
1: Is Dobbs still on the IR?
2: Yes. And Dobbs better be thankful for that IR because that's the only reason he didn't get cut. So so none of y'all better be tweeting at me anymore or texting me or text box text boxing me, whatever the phrase is, about Josh Dobbs needing to play because he's hurt. He's on IR, okay? He's hurt. He can't <laughs> play. So he had a, he so had a foot true. injury. He can't so play. So leave me alone about that. <laughs> but, but Big Ben's hurt. You got two offensive line starters out. Your Two of your three best receivers are out. T.J. Watt's out. Two of your, your best interior defensive linemen are out. Joe Hayden leaves the game after one series. Cam Sutton didn't play. The Steelers are hurt. Big Ben didn't play. Mason Rudolph had to play. And you had terrible, crappy weather. So I'm more frustrated with my bad luck than actually tying the Lions because I know Big Ben plays. Steelers don't tie the Lions. That's true.
3: That's true. That's I mean, why I'm not mad if, today. If I, if I had my regular kicker who got injured this week, how you get hurt at practice? He got hurt on Wednesday. If I had my regular kicker, we would have won. I'm like, you're right. I feel your pain, man. I feel your pain. It's like, instead, I got this bum looking like he came out came out the, uh, the, the drive through a Burger King trying to kick a field goal, and he doesn't even get to the upright. How in the hell do you get a professional contract and you can't even kick a 48-yard field goal? Only the Detroit Lions will have this sorry bum on the practice squad that can't even kick. I'm oh. I'm just still mad at my
1: team. I'm just disgusted. I mean, well, o, I'm just w- or, or triple O. Thanksgiving game against the Bears is, is coming, man. So maybe maybe your team will play better. We'll see. Put it like put this, man. At least I'm not going to
3: go zero and seven. At least I'm not going to go zero and seventeen. So hey, you're that's welcome. One.
2: And honestly, triple O, I'm not upset either because on on, on Friday, uh, I, I made a call after the show. Because I feel so bad for you that you are a Lions fan. I called Mike Tomlin myself, and I said, look, Coach T, especially after the Big Ben news came out on Saturday, I called and just reinforced it. I was like, you know, I have this friend, Triple O. He's a very loyal listener to this show that I am a part of, and he's a great person. He means well even though he talks about other people's mamas. But his football team is sorry and he, he's, been, he's been in a lot of pain for a long time. So I don't want to lose to the Lions, but how about we just take it easy on them and, and, and we just tie them. So Triple O, I put a call in for you. I talked to Coach Tomlin. He agreed. So that is why the Steelers tied the Lions because of my request to do so. So you want to be as mad on Monday, although you sound even more mad about a tie than you do a loss.
3: I mean, put it like this, man. It'd it be it'd be one thing. I mean, put it like this. Of course, just for you to even tie the game, of course you kick the 51-yard field goal. My team it gives up more fifty oh fifty yard plus field goals to either tie or win a game than anybody else in history. No wonder, man. I am sitting there thinking to myself, was this, if we really went 0-17, I was going to go find another thing, man. I'm just like so, I'm Titans. so pissed out, man.
1: Titans, it's time, Triple O. It's time. Yeah. Thanks for the phone call, uh, Triple O. It's time. It, it can be Titans Jamie now.
2: Titans, Titans Bill, Bill and, and Titans Jamie. Or Titan O. I like Titan O. Uh,
1: no, Titan, Titan, Titan O works too, but it's time. It's time, Triple O. The lines have let you down long enough. It's time. Swain event, Fueled by Dead and Barbecue. Tomorrow we'll be back at 7 a.m., Sweet event live here at Bay Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Remember, they will trade for anything. They will buy your vehicle. Lifetime warranty on most of their new and pre-owned vehicles. Over 150 cars in stock. Come on out. Check out their cars in the showroom or right outside SUVs. Cars, pickup trucks, new, used, anything you need, they have it. And Bay Chevrolet, <clears throat> it's about serving you. Not just one purchase. But many purchases to come for you and your family. And the only way they can do that is treat you right. Do you right. BettyChevrolet.com is their website. For Ben McKee and Jason Swain, hope you all have a great day. Peace and love. We are out. Swain If you Fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. you can have Steve Sarkeesian you you can have that you can have the damn Mullins. but college football is changing folks hope y'all see it it is changing and you better have someone leading your program that your players respect 865-255-03 Beta Chevrolet will trade for anything they will buy your vehicle over 150 vehicles in stock at Beta Chevrolet Home of the warranty for life, Betty Chevrolet.com. Hour one is in the books. Hour number one was brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Happy Stay with us.